Welcome back to Rocktail Hour. We're the Rocktail Hour dudes, Tim and Treg and Michael. We're here to provide you with an hour's worth of rockin' good time, and it'll take us about 10 to 15 minutes. We are three old guys and a testament to the fact that rock and roll keeps you young. In each Rocktail Hour, we bring you our favorite stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all times and other interesting ruminations about the music and the rockers who inspire us. In this Rocktail Hour, Treg is going to tell us the story of Alive by Pearl Jam. Take it away, Treg. It was Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam who wrote the lyrics for Alive. I think it was the first single that Pearl Jam released. And it really, to understand the uh, meaning behind the song, need to talk a little bit about the background of Eddie Vedder because it's somewhat autobiographical. He was born in, in uh, Evanston, Illinois, and his uh, given name when he was born is Edward Lewis Severson III. His father was a lounge musician, and it's good that he got his musical talents from him, and I'm thankful that he took them a different way other than singing in the lounge. Unfortunately, his parents divorced when he was uh, only one year old in 1965, and his mother soon remarried a, a, a man named Peter Mueller, who was an attorney. Uh, Eddie was raised believing that Mueller was his biological father. His adopted name became Edward Mueller. In the mid-1970s, uh, Eddie Vedder's family, including his three younger half-brothers, moved to San Diego, California. And it was at this point that uh, Vedder, who had received a guitar from his mother on his 12th birthday, began to turn to music because of his feelings of loneliness. So his mother and uh, Mueller divorced when Vedder was in his late teens. His mother and brothers moved back to Chicago, but Vedder remained with his stepfather in California, so he wouldn't have to change high schools. But it wasn't at, until after his divorce that his mother told him that Mueller wasn't his biological father. She actually told him that his, his, his real father had died when Eddie Vedder was 13 years old and told him a little bit about him. And it was interesting that uh, Eddie at one point had met his biological father. He thought it was just a friend of the family, but he met him while uh, Severson was in the hospital dying. So to say that Eddie was upset about never being told who his real father was would be an understatement. In fact, it was the frustration at learning this that he later expressed in these first lyrics that he wrote for Pearl Jam. At some point also out of his frustration, he also changed his name to Eddie Vedder. He took on his, his mother's maiden name. So during this time period, during his teens, uh, he was playing the guitar and playing with the various bands in Southern California and mostly in San Diego. And through this Southern California music scene, he met Jack Irons, who was the former Red Hot Chili Peppers drummer. And uh, Irons, in 1990, gave Eddie a, a demo tape that had been recorded by Stone Gossard and Jeff Ahmed. And they were passing this demo tape around looking for a lead singer for a new band that they were going to form. At the time, uh, they were playing with a band called Mother Love Bone. So uh, Eddie Vedder took this demo tape of these instrumental songs. There were three songs on the demo tape, and he listened to, he listened to the uh, instrumental. And then he went surfing. And while he was surfing, the legend is that the lyrics to some songs came to him. So he recorded these three songs, uh, some, his lyrics to these three songs, and mailed the demo back to Seattle, where Stone Gossard and Jeff Ament were. And they liked what they heard, they liked his voice, and so they hired him to be the lead singer of the new, uh, newly formed Pearl Jam. The three songs would later become Pearl Jam's Alive, Once, and Footsteps. In fact, the, those three songs are what Eddie Vedder called uh, a mini-opera called Mama-san. The songs tell a story of a young man who learns that he's been lied to about his paternity and that his real father is dead and he grows up to become a serial killer and eventually is imprisoned and sentenced to death. 
So Alive is semi-autobiographical. It's a, it's, it comes from Eddie Vedder's experience growing up to find out that his stepfather is not his real father and that his, uh, his real father died. So if you look at the first verse of the song, it's about the mother coming to the son, and she says, hey, I've got this story for you, who you thought was your, was your father is not, and sorry he died when you were 13. Glad that we had this conversation. And I got in. that off my chest. Yeah. <laughs> I feel better, don't you? Yeah, right. That's crazy. You can only assume that the, the sort of anger that must have been underneath all of that. But what I found to be interesting is... Uh, that Vetter tells that the that the chorus of the song, where he's screaming, "I'm alive! I'm still alive!" That he considered that to be a curse. That here, you know, this 13-year-old boy, or I guess he was a teenager when he found out, but he finds out that he he's been lied to all his life. That his real father is dead, and he never really got to have an opportunity to form any kind of relationship with him. And I'm still alive. You know, what's what's wrong with this? Why am I still alive? And my father, my real father, is dead. And so. When he was singing the song, it was a curse. It was, you know, I'm still alive, I'm still alive, expressing the frustration and the anger. So a few years ago, I heard uh, Eddie Vedder on TV, and he was talking about this song. And he talked about how when he would play this song live, that the fans would jump around and they were screaming, I'm alive, I'm still alive. And it was a positive thing. It was an affirmation of life. So what Eddie Vedder said is, when I heard the fans screaming these lyrics as it was a positive thing, it changed the meaning of those words to me, and it lifted the curse. Okay, now that's an awesome ending to this story. But that's great. Yeah. I like that. Um, I relate to this story. Uh, you may know this. Uh, I was adopted by my stepfather. I didn't know my own father until I was 21 years old. I had a great relationship with my father for the next 15 years, and I got to know him really well, but I always kind of wished that I'd, I'd known my father when I was younger. Um, nothing I can do about it, and certainly a good ending to my story as well. Definitely a lot of anger in, in, in Pearl Jam's, uh, Eddie Vedder's songs, and, and in their audience. I remember uh, going to see Pearl Jam at the Golden Gate Park in, you know, maybe 1998 or something like that, and Eddie Vedder uh, apparently had come down with some sort of illness and so couldn't take the stage and so in his in his stead came out Neil Young to play because Neil Young was uh, touring with him wow Neil Young one of my favorites of all time and so my friends and I sat around and can't believe it awesome we're going to hear Neil now and uh, half the park uh, got into an almost near riot situation with the fact that Eddie Vedder was not playing and here who's this old dude on the stand on the stage playing instead of Eddie wow wow that's fantastic. So I, I was, as I was researching this, I read some comments from people on the internet. And there were a lot of people who said that this song really brought them through bad parts of their lives, brought them out of depression. The part of the song where he's screaming, I'm alive, I'm still alive, I'm still alive, to them also was a positive affirmation of, hey, I'm still alive, how life can bad be? And I'm still alive, that kind of thing. So it's, it's a powerful song for, in a lot of ways. Well, that's the great thing about rock. There's always something that's inspiring and uplifting, and you can read meaning in, into a lot of things. And what a great story that from this song, where he was expressing a little bit of frustration and anger, could people find that inspiration? And I think that's the amazing thing about rock. You have some unintended consequences as an artist sometimes. You can write something and you can think it has meaning for you, but when you throw it out uh, to a listening audience, Anybody has right to interpret it any way that they want, and, and it becomes meaningful to them in totally different ways. I think that's the beauty of, of music and rock in general. i got to make a comment, too, about Eddie Vedder. I love his vocals. 
he uh, has the ability to convey as much emotion with his voice and while he's singing as, uh, as any, almost anybody else that I know. I love it. And I, I love his lyrics as well, too. We were talking a little bit before the podcast started about um, Adam Sandler does a parody of Eddie Vedder. And the fact of the matter is, is although he's doing a parody, a satire of Eddie Vedder, he's still cool. <laughs> it still <laughs> sounds great. So, you know, if somebody can kind of do satire of you and still end up sounding really cool, you know, you've got to have something going for you. <clears throat> well, that was a great story. Appreciate the listening audience. Please email us at dudes at rocktailhour.com if you think we got it wrong or if you have any comments to leave. Particularly interested in this one. If you've ever had a reaction to the song live, if you'd like to share that story with us, we'd be glad to hear it and, and maybe we could uh, post it on our website. Please join our Facebook page, Rocktail Hour. Please like us so you can get more information. Also join us on Twitter. Thank you. Rock on. It's a rock podcast with Dr. Phil. <laughs> I'm only doing the <laughs>